so what I brought in today, this is about Purim, but I was, I'm, I love it as an example of, you know, I always show it as the four level, the four row table, and it extends out. I mean, you can just keep adding columns to it because wow. it's a fundamental of the world. So whatever you study, you'll find that it fits in. But this is, to me, and it, I just printed the table just as an example so that you can see how, you know, I'm not, the Maharal is not using the four-row table, but he's functioning nonetheless with an under, more than an understanding. He understands that I just know my little table, right, of seeing the world in these four uh, phases, that everything is going through these four phases or existing in four phases, and how that might come out in a Dvar Torah or in understanding something that you're learning other than davening, which itself is structured according to those four phases, okay? So I'm going to give an example of that. We, right now, have been learning about Kriya Shema, which is a correspondence of the world of, oh, the worlds are not even in here? Yeah, they are, on the left, of Olam Habriya, um, which also the the tool or the aspect of what God has given us that we are using at the level of Shema and Olam Habriya is Seichel, which of course, not surprisingly, corresponds to the head. So I, this, I'm going to show you an example of how this plays out. Um, I brought it here in this quite long uh, excerpt, but fortunately I didn't have to type it in, and that way you could read along with me, um, from the Maharal. So this Sefer is called Or Chadash. This I happen to have just printed out via HebrewBooks.org, so it's a Sefer, it just doesn't look like one. Um, it's the Maharal's commentary on Megillus Esther. So he starts, and I just like, just the question is like, you have so much fun with it, and it's also a wonderful example of how, um, People just, they don't understand. I don't understand either, but the Gemara will bring cases sometimes that sound so strange. And it's like, well, why would you need to take it, you know, to such an absurd place? So sometimes I'll give an example. There are questions of like, that they're not absurd. It's taking the case to its logical extreme and then checking, does the halacha still, like, does everything still ring true when you go all the way to the logical extreme? But that has practical implications, just not always in the halacha that's being paskined then. But you have halachas, now a lot of the halachas have to do with, let's say, IVF and these things. These are, there's fundamental halachic discussions in the Gemara. They just don't use those terms. So the Gemara will talk about, you know, what happens if an animal gives birth and before it gives birth, like before the, the fetus comes out into the air, first it passes into the womb of another animal and then comes back out. And you're like, oh, come on, right? What are you doing? Like stitching them together? Is that ethical? Like what is the point of all that? But that's not so crazy, either a surrogate or IVF, right? Meaning that you have a fetus developing in one womb and you yeah. transplant it into another yes, nowadays. That's not weird anymore. Wow. Right? That's fascinating. But, but how, how do those halachas get paskined? It's by no... For one thing, though, people who specialize in this kind of psakalacha have to know all these very strange cases from the Talmud that might not, when they were learning them, have originally seemed like they could possibly have any relevance. 
right? There's also the cases of an olive tree and somehow it washes away in a storm. Maybe the ground crumbles, right? And this tree now comes downstream and then transplants itself somewhere else. And now, you know, do you have to start counting three years again? Is that only like, oh, come on. Like, how often does this happen? We get it. Naturally, it could happen. But like, how often does this happen? Well, this tells you something very important about when is something called implanted? When is something called growing? When is something called age? Like all these strange out halachos that are not actually so strange that are the necessary nothing results. Has been cre- like nothing new like under nothing the sun. New. That's a good conversation we should have sometime yeah. going into Shavuos. There's a whole thing of how you understand um, safer uh, going into sukkahs, kohelas, altogether with the nothing new under the sun, nothing new in the heavens. Okay, but that's not our topic yeah, today. No. <laughs> so here's an example like that, which you can't help but smile, and then you can't help but say, what on earth? So here's the case. In the Gemara in Chulin, which I actually also cited down here, but the truth is he basically brings the whole passage, so it's really a duplication, but if you want it, it's there in source base. In the parak of Shiluach HaKain, Amru, Chazal said, uh, sorry, Amru, Amrale Paponai Lerav Masna. And I, forgive me, like I didn't go back and try and study the Gemara. I don't have the skills to do it. And my sons are waiting Yeshiva. And so I can't say, could you just explain this thing? I did get one son to explain to me. The, I was like, is there someone named Papunai? Because that is like a great name. And he's like, no, it means someone from like Papona or something like that. So, oh, okay, fine. So, and, and it's a plural. So these Paponas or whatever, I don't know where this place is, said to Rav, what is the situ- what is the what's the halacha matzakain shal adam, mau? If you find a bird's nest in someone's hair and in their head on their head, so what's the halacha? Um, <laughs> so the first of all, the image is awesome, right? <laughs> like you got the guy, you, for sure he has like dreadlocks or something, and there's like this nest growing on his head. Right? And he sat still for a long time. And he sat still for a long time. <laughs> it's a very, very a patient bird. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you're like, oh, that's, a, that's an odd case. And he answered, Vadama al Rosha. There's a Pasuk and Shmuel. I brought all these, all these sources that are from this one. I just snipped the full Psukim. So, because it's hard when they just bring a few words, right? So that's the Chacham of the Gemara, assume you know the Pasuk. And if not, so go look it up. But like, Sometimes we just like read it through and we just take those three words and you're not quite sure what to do with them. Va'adamo al-rosho. And earth is on his head. Moshe bin ha-Torah minayin. Where is Moshe hinted to in the Torah? B'shagam hu-basar. In the Pasuk at the very end of the book of, of uh, Parshas Barashas, even though he is man. We're going to look at these a little more, okay? Haman bin ha-Torah minayin. Haman, where is he hinted to in the Torah? Hamin ha'etz. Did you eat from the tree that I told you not to eat from? That's also embracious. Esther min ha'Torah minayin. Where's Esther hinted to in the Torah? Vanochi haster aster. And I shall surely hide my face. That's in Hazinu. Mordechai min ha'Torah minayin. Where's Mordechai hinted to in the Torah? Dirtiv, as it says, mar dror. You shall take um, for the katoras mar dror. Umetagaminon and in tagum in it's meiradachia. So you could hear how mar dror. Combined with meiradachia sounds a lot like a mordechai. Mm-hmm. All right, as you don't know where to start with the questions, except you've also heard this probably a million times because if you've been to any Purim shirim, eventually you get to this one, especially the Haman min hatorah minayin, right? But okay, and also Esther min hatorah minayin. People avoid the mordechai min hatorah minayin one yeah. because it's a harder one to explain. Although I've heard a great share on it from Rabbi Orlovsky, but altogether this is very uh, difficult. And let me tell you something. 
this was the first time, because like I said, I'm not sitting and learning Gemara. This was the first time I'd seen anybody happen to cite that Gemara, starting from the phrase before. I had no idea that this is following on the guy with the bird's nest in his head. <laughs> right? Okay. Okay. So, you know, the Gemara does put things all over the place. This is known, right? So someone thinks they've studied a sugya, and now they know the halachos, and they know all the relevant pieces. That just shows that they're a beginner. Because the Gemara will have more information about that topic somewhere else. You have to know it from several places in order to have a thorough knowledge, or at least a thorough beginning of knowledge on any topic. But what the Gemara does not do, and I would say, like, to use the term that my son taught me, is make a whopping topic change. The Gemara does not talk about one thing and then whomp, change topics, and you're going, wait, what? It doesn't do that. It's the opposite. What the Gemara does is it's talking about something and says, you know, while we're on that topic, I'm going to just tell you a different thing about that. And that different thing could be two lines or it could end up actually opening up a new question and like going on for a couple pages. And then we'll come back to what we were talking about. So it has branches, almost like streams of thought, streams of consciousness, which is really the opposite of a whopping topic change. Whopping topic change is like, I was here, whoop, I went to somewhere else, there's zero connection. This is the opposite. It's more like hyper-connected, right? There's like, instead of just following strictly one stream of thought, you're going to like allow little branches and streams to come out, and then you come back to the main branch of the water. Okay, so what is the deal with the nest and the hair? That's cool. What is the connection? How did we get from talking about the nest and the hair to talking about Moshe Minator Minayin? See, nobody mentions that. They just clip out the excerpt that's relevant to Purim, supposedly, which is a lot of times not even Moshe Minator Minayin. Sometimes you'll get like this extension back. They'll even include that, which is where you started. They'll, you'll just get Havan Minator Minayin, Mordechai Minator Minayin, Esther Minator Minayin, and that's your nice shear. Okay, so, uh, and then there's other things. Why these psukim? Why these hints? I'll save one of the other, well, I'll give another question. If you were, for some reason that we don't understand, asking where is Moshe hinted to in the Torah? Moshe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was the first one. Why did you need to find a verse that doesn't actually have his name in it? Because his name is in there hundreds and hundreds yeah. and hundreds of times. Right? From the moment he's born until the time he dies, there's only one partial where his name is missing, and that's a big deal. Who came up with the question, where is Moshe hinted to in the Torah? Where's Waldo? Right? It's Waldo? worse. It's no, it's the opposite. Oh, yeah. It's the opposite. It's the opposite. It would be like one of those things where they do, where's Waldo, and all of them are Waldo. Okay, so right. Right. <laughs> yes. where he's not mentioned, that where is that's he? Not the que- no, that's not the question. Where is it he There is that Torah, right? Right. right. This, is, this is the Parsha's we're in now. It's not, right, right. right? Like, mm-hmm. But who asked the question, Moshe Minat Torah And by the way, why is that not contested? Really? And the Gemara's just going to tell you, oh, here's where he's hinted to it in the Torah. Are you serious? Right. Nobody said, what do you mean, where is Moshe in the Torah? Mm-hmm. Esther Minat Torah and I understand, because Esther is thousands of years later from the time that the Torah was written, so I want to know, like, where is it hinted to? Because everything is hinted to in the Torah. But Moshe? Okay, so just, like, throw that out there. Like, everything about this passage seems very mysterious. Now, the Maharal is going to say, well, it seems mysterious because you didn't understand the real 
the question. You didn't understand the question about the bird's nest in the first place, so that's why you didn't understand what was going on afterward. Okay, so here we go. V'yeshli t'moa, and one should really be sort of astonished. Mashashalu dafgal elu dvarim. Why are they asking about these specific things? Minayin heimin ha-Torah. Where are they from in the Torah? Right, Moshe being the most obvious question about those. Uma inyan and what is the connection between these two topics? Lomar What is the connection between you found a bird's nest in someone's hair and Moshe Minatora Minayan? Vayira, kikol inyan hasheela al inyan haadam umahu maalaso. I'm going to show you that really all of this is a question about what is the real nature of man? What is his greatness? How high does his greatness reach? All of it. It's all one question. And now he's going to turn it into a classic Gemara. It's one question. You get an answer. And now you start pushing the edges to find out where does it go to. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you have to understand. That's why they start by asking, what if you find a bird's nest on someone's head? So he, said, he, he told us. It's in Parsha Shiluah HaKain. Perak Shiluah HaKain. So we're talking about the halachos of sending away a mother bird. And the Torah says, Ki If you happen across, and that's also relevant, do you happen across it? Did you look for it? Did you know it was there? If you find a bird's nest, when you're on the way, on a tree, all the arets are on the ground. So the Gemara over here has a whole passage that says, oh, okay, so if it's in a tree or if it's on the ground, what if it's in the water? There are birds that actually build these like nests that kind of float. So what if you find a bird's nest in the water? Is there still a mitzvah of Shiluach Hakein? Oh, that's not a bizarre question, right? That's just a question. Okay. That, what if you find one in the sky, in the Shemayim? Okay, I, I have trouble understanding when it will be applicable, but I already have enough experience to realize that Chazal take care of it all, and someday, maybe or maybe not during my lifetime, there will actually be halachos that depend upon this. I don't know, you're flying in your bi-wing aircraft and you go out on the wings to check the stuck flap and you find that a bird has planted a nest there can you send away the mother bird i think that's an edge case but okay right like there's going to be something that will depend on it and i can't predict it and that's fine i can still learn the halacha and it's not bizarre question in this context and then the question is asked what if the nest is on someone's head okay still bizarre question but at least we understand where we got here from it's a bizarre question still, okay? I get it uh, on the ground, we understand, and that's a pasuk. In the water, okay. In the air, okay. In someone's air. Why did you ask the question? We don't know, but this is where we're up to. Imnamar. The question came from asking, hang on. If we say that a human, ki ha'adam afshehu ba'al adam ha'mikoma kom yeshlo ha'sechel, if we say about a person that in some way he is elevated over the earth he's made of, we come from earth, we're made of earth. And yet, we say there's something more than that to a person, right? So yeah, maybe we're made of earth like down here, but up here, Seichel, that's in the supernatural, really. It's the beginning of the supernatural. A person is elevated above the earth that he's made of. So he's considered lamala, like above. 
in the heavens, so to speak, from the point of view, for, on, the, on the angle that he's got seichel, that he's got intellect and intelligence. So I have a question. You told me, that I have a question about a bird's nest, where the halacha applies. A bird's nest could be, there's all these different zones. There's the earth, there's the, the water, there's the heavens. And you told me if you found a bird's nest in the heavens, then you're not chayav in shiloh hakein. Because davka kein ba'aretz chayav lishloch. Because the Pasuk said specifically, if it's on the ground. And the Pasuk also included a tree that's like growing out of the ground. So when I said, does it also include not attached to the ground, like up in the air? You said, no, that doesn't apply. So now I start thinking, huh. So there's like a region of the universe that's Earth. There's a region of the universe that's not Earth. Where is a man? Mm-hmm. Not such a bizarre question, is it? Right? Where's a man? So I'm expressing it in terms of bird's nest. I, I have some suspicions about this, especially with this connection over here with Mordechai, because one of the things about Mordechai is that he was such an expert in the halachos of bird's nests, that he was in charge of them in the Beis HaMikdash when it was rebuilt, the second temple, he was still alive. And the, he was the member of Sanhedrin who was put in charge of paskening those shilohs, which are very complicated. So I have some suspicions that don't go beyond that, because I'm ignorant, but just, it's an interesting thing to know. I'm making a connection, but I don't know anymore about it. I'm not joking uh, that I'm saying I'm ignorant. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I'm ignorant. Okay. But I happen to have heard a sheer about that. Yeah. No, that's fine. <laughs> but sometimes just drawing a connection is cool because I could maybe go find somebody who's not ignorant and actually find something out, you know. But, but it's interesting. It's not really out of nowhere, even the bird's nest part. But let's just say for our sake, it's still not a bizarre question. We, we already thought it wasn't so crazy anymore. Why? Because the topic was where do you find a bird's nest and that's going to, def- and it all depends on where it is in the universe. And that's what led me to think about the head of a person and what is it, where is it really? Mm-hmm. Is it down here? Is it up there? So yeah, I phrased it in terms of the bird's nest because that's the conversation. But uh, like I said, I think there's more to it even than that, but, but that's good enough. Okay. Okay, it's specifically when it's on the earth that you have to send away the mother bird. Because the head of a person, that's the seat of his intellect. So that's why he asked. The question means, do we consider a person, who is on the earth and of the earth, and therefore a bird's nest on his head, the proof would be in the halacha. If the halacha would come back and say, yeah, you have to do shiluach hakein, then I'd know that he's still considered of the earth. Or maybe we would say that because of his intellect, he's considered not of this earth, or not on this earth. There's other places where the Maharal talks about, even in Megillah Esther, talks about the issue of the space on the top of someone's head. Like he sees it as very deeply significant. It's interesting because, like, women wear a hair covering there. Men put a yarmulke there or it's fill in there, right? There's also a parallel, a woman's hair covering and a man's fill in this glory, this crown. Like, this, these are comparable. The, the, the space on top of your head is not a small thing. We have a tree here, so here's some relevance. The Maharal says 
there's a pasuk in Dvarim that, that compares a person to a tree. Kiyadamaitzasada, a person's a tree. He says, yeah, because what do you see in a tree? A tree, its whole root system, everything that nourishes it, everything where it grew from, that's all hidden. Where you see it begin and emerge into this world, you see the single stalk of the trunk where coming from the root, the hidden root, and then you have the larger branches and from those come the smaller branches. And a human being, our whole root that nourishes us and that's where we grow from is in the heavens. We're upside down trees. And where we emerge into the world, you see it as the head and the trunk, moving to a single trunk that branches out into larger branches and smaller branches. Mm. Okay, so this whole, like this headspace here is not a small thing. Not, not small at all. <laughs> okay? We just have like a little angle on it over here. <clears throat> Sorry. Maybe we say because the sechel is not on earth. Which would be indicated by the halacha saying, no, you're not obligated to do shiluach. And the answer, the reply he got to this halacha question, which was not a joke, was adama al rosho. Earth is on his head. Ki af al rosho nikra adama. Even the head, we still, there is still that physical head there, and it's called earth. And earth is absolutely of the lower regions. Even though it, the intellect is also within the space of the head, it doesn't lose the aspect of earthiness that the flesh and blood and bone have of being the head. And this is why the follow-on question is, Im if so, Moshe min ha-Torah minayin. In other words... Seems like a non-sequitur. Right. In other words... You didn't follow it yet? Me'ach, it's good thing he explains. Me'ach she'amarnu. Once we have said, once we've determined, ki ha'adam eno nechshav sichli be'atzmo, that a person has a spiritual nature and spiritual roots that are invisible to us. They're buried under the opposite of whatever the earth is, right? Okay. Nonetheless, and that's why, even earth on top of a person's head is still called like it's connected to the earth. Even though the seichel of the person is within, is standing in there inside of his goth, and it's etzlo, but it doesn't remove the name of earth from the body, as we have said. If so, ha'adam shehu adam prati minayin sheyesh lo remes b'torah If a person is like an individual stem of earth. If that's the halacha, then does that mean that there isn't really a spiritual nature to the person? Or is there? If there is, then the Torah should include something about that. If there isn't, then I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I, I don't understand this question perfectly. I'll tell you now. I don't understand it perfectly. I would love to like run it past someone who's next for tomorrow because I don't understand exactly. But essentially, that's what he seems to ask. 
Because if so, the Torah, which is sichlis, sorry? Eklubi, I don't know. There are people who are. The Torah is is sichlis. The Torah, the Torah is more than sichlis. But the Torah, at the level of educating us, is educating our seicha. The Torah also reaches beyond that, but it comes down to the point Torah of edu- of teaching, of illuminating, of bringing the light into the mind. The mind is the so seicha. Does that become earth, or does is that? Yeah, a little bit. Does it become yeah. earth, or it's it's this exp- we're exploring yeah. over here? Is where do these yeah. these so two things earth. overlap? Right. In a man, you have the upper and the lower. This is a very strange case, really, because everything else in the universe is either spiritual or physical, even though everything physical has some sort of spiritual background, because nothing is a pure, it can't be. I mean, there's always was first the will of God, and then that created it. That will itself is spiritual, but they don't continue to exist in a spiritualized way, like in this planet. But here, in this world of the physical, man exists as physical with a spiritual layer to him or or spiritual to a physical layer to him and we're trying to figure out is what is what and where do you draw that line and if so so the torah which is talking to the seichel would it mention a person uh, it's possible that he's saying that he's comparing i don't know it's possible he's saying sort of like in the way that the Torah doesn't really like name dogs or cows or, right? Because it's not that they have no spiritual existence, but they don't have meaning in the Torah sense as individuals beyond their connection to a human. Mm-hmm. So like your dog has meaning to you that gives it meaning as an individual dog. There's also, this also has to do with an approach to Hashgacha Pratis. Does a herd of antelope have Hashgacha Pratis, or is it like a clawless, like 3% of them should get eaten? You know, but like without picking out each individual one, or do we say no, every single one is exactly picked out, right? So, but you don't see that the Torah is like naming particular animals so much. It's the Yona, but like doesn't really say which one. Mm-hmm. Like the Yona known as Cuckoo, like you know the individual right it's yeah. kind of described as the representative of its species it's mm-hmm. it's not really named okay so like maybe people are just another sort of herd of like i, I don't, he's not really suggesting it what he's saying is this comes the question of the gemara well if you're going to tell me that people are of earth in the end then what about their spirituality? The individual human being, that, that myla, that is like, that has to do with being individually significant from the power of the spirituality, the power of the Tzalmol came within him. So that ought to be like referred to in the Torah. And we have a person who's an extreme case of that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. So. If we would say that a person is really just a sort of a physical creature overall, then we would expect that until the person emerges into the earth, into the world, that the Torah wouldn't concern itself with talking about them. That their relevance would be the impact that they have on the environment, on this environment. Afal Moshe. So the extreme case of that would be Moshe. Because here's Moshe. He brought the Torah to the earth. 
he talk about impact on the planet, right? So that would be the extreme case. If even he isn't indicated in the Torah, then we know that that was correct line of reasoning. It's not, okay? So let's start with him. He should be the easiest case. He should be right there in the Torah from the beginning if he's spiritual. And if he's not, then he shouldn't be. So that's why you would have a question, Moshe min Torah minayin, and be looking for a case that isn't like the name Moshe in the Torah, because that's after he's born. Yeah. Okay. So that's now we're asking minayin. Shanir Masbah Torah. Where is he hinted to in the Torah? And the answer of the hint to Moshe in the Torah is that there is a hint to Moshe in the Torah. Lakach Elomar, so you, you realize that you should not think, you shouldn't say, Ki Adam Hushava El Sharmine Balechayim, that a person is just some other animal. Shahariyeshla Adam Prati Kodam Heyoso Remez Batora. That an individual human being is referenced in the Torah even before he ever existed. So his spiritual life is infinite and always and is there. Okay. So let's take like one quick second. And just take a look at that pasuk on the back here. Vayomer Hashem, uh, sorry, this is, yeah, Vayomer Hashem. It's, it's actually the top line on the back page, but the source for it is on the page before. Lo yadon ruchi va'adam le'olam. God says, and this is the end of Parsha's Bracious, but it's the lead-in to Parsha's Noach. So it already is telling us that the people were very wicked, and Hashem says, I will not judge people forever. It's a very difficult pasuk, I'll tell you, so we'll just take it as we say it. But shagam hu basar. I will give time before I judge them. I'm not going to, excuse me, I'm not going to exact judgment right away, beshagam hu basar, because he's also flesh. The word beshagam, okay, the mem like Moshe, the shin like Moshe, gimel and bez is three plus two is equals the five of the hay of Moshe. So the gematria of beshagam is the same as the gematria of Moshe. He is also flesh and blood. Isn't that amazing reference in terms of this Gemara? It's not just that the word Beshagam equals the Gematria of Moshe. It is Moshe. The Hayu Yamav, the days of the length of his days will be May of Esram Shana, 120 years. Yeah. So that's this embaracious. Moshe Rabbeinu ultimately is a human being. He'll live 120 years. If you don't have chills, I don't know where you are. (laughs) (laughs) It's the very end of the first part of the Torah, Bracious. Oh, from Bracious. Not just the Chumash Bracious, the end of that Bracious. Okay? Yeah, whoa. Okay, so let's come back. All right? So that was the answer the Gemara gave. Yeah, no, he's mentioned. Okay. So now we come back. It's so genius. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Chazal have... That's yeah. what they're doing all night. That's what they're oh learning. Chazal, Chazal's genius was beyond Gee, anything like, we could understand, which is why we have to be mm-hmm. so careful before. If we don't understand a Chazal, we got to try and figure it out because you need more it's reviews. unlikely we thought of something they didn't think of. There's just so much stuff. Not to mention, it's peer-reviewed genius. Yeah. So you got hundreds and hundreds of Tanoim and Amorim who are not shy to mm-hmm. tell one another if they think there's a flaw in the reasoning. Yeah. So the fact that 2,000 years later, I'm going to think I suddenly thought of a different aspect that they had not considered. No. I'm not saying it's impossible, <laughs> but you should be really reticent about assuming that you're right on that one. 
you always should investigate. Okay, they were on top of things. They were on top of things. Okay. Shahari Yeshladam. Okay, so he does. This is relevant. This this makes sense because the tzaddik, because of his elevated status, his his being so high, Asher Yeshlal. So now we understand in that case. But Lakach Shal Minhatar I think it's missing Haman Minhatar Minai. I think it's missing a hey there. So then the next question is, okay, okay, phew, man is actually spiritual, but what if the person doesn't live his life spiritually? What if he chooses to be bad? So does he just become an animal again? Haman min ha-Torah minayin. Where is Haman in the Torah? She eshlo ha-Rasha remez ba-Torah. Is a Russia also hinted to in the Torah before he ever came around? Shemizei yeshlo mod kama godol koach ha-Rabirishos. From that, we'd be able to learn how powerful evil is. That it would even reach the level of spirituality to be in the Torah. That kind of power, that's not a physical power. As an aside, not mentioning it, why is that not a physical power? Because it's called of Bechira, of free will. A person is implementing his free will. This is not physical. This is spiritual. I, he's using it in a very bad way. Okay, I would love to do that one. It's like separate in the same Akdama of the Maharal to Miguel Sester. There's an amazing piece on that. But let's, okay, but just saying, that's still spiritual. It's part of the spiritual reality or non reality. Kohara built Gashmi. It's not physical. So now we answer the question. Did you have a hint to Haman in the Torah? By the way, where's the hint of Haman in the Torah? So that's on the back page again. Number hey, Vayomer. Hashem said, Who told you you were unclothed? That's Haman in the Torah. You want to know if Rishus is also a spiritual quality of man? Did you do that which I told you not to do? That's Rishus. Hamin mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So now that we asked, where Haman's in the Torah, so now the logical question is, where's Mordechai in the Torah? And where's Esther in the Torah? Ki, not just because we happen to be on the topic. It's not logical to think that Haman would be hinted to in the Torah without also a mention of Mordechai and Esther. Because Mordechai and Esther are the exact counterparts. They are the opposites of Haman. Opposites in the sense, if you have a coin, you have one side, you have the other side, but you got one coin. Okay, free will. You can go this way, you can go that way. Still free will. Two sides of the same coin. If Haman's in the Torah, Mordechai and Esther must be in the Torah. Because they are the flip side of a Haman. That's, he also discusses in another whole set of paragraphs in the same Hakdam. The Ein Zebeloze. You don't have one without the other. The Yadua, Kiyadiyas Hafachim Echad. As those who know, know, because opposites are really two sides of one. The Lakach. Okay, by the way, okay, so let's just take a quick look. Mordechai and Esther, Torah Minayin. Mordechai, number vav, the ato, and now kach lecha besamim rosh, take the besamim mar dror. I forget what it translates as. I'm sorry, I forgot to look it up. This is the type of besamim, 
the first of the list, and number Zion. I also brought the Targumunkus. You could see it translated as Meira Dachyo. All right. But some is also such an interesting case, right? It's, a, it's pure, but it has one thing that's really stinky, and that's what it means to be a community, right? A community is defined as 10, so you got to have 10. But some is made of 11 ingredients. The 11th one is, like, stinky. Because, like, in a real community, once you have the definition of community of 10, like, it could be that you could tolerate also even stinky people. Like, a community has to be able to do that, too. You get first year of your solid 10, and then you got to be able to accommodate others, too. So, kind of review here. So we said, Moshe min HaTorah Minayin, there is a hint to his existence even before he was ever born. And afterward we asked, Haman min HaTorah Minayin, where is Haman in the Torah? Because we're saying, is it Dafka? Only someone who has that divine, elevated stature of someone like a Moshe Rabbeinu Ola Vashalom who, who perfected his ruchnias to the extent that he could open his mouth and the word of God came out. Hmm. The Shechina spoke from his throat. So there's a physical body there. There's a throat. <laughs> but it is all totally butthole to the divine. So is it only in that case? Maybe this divine level he reached, uh, when I say divine level, I mean like adjacent to the divine. We don't worship people, not even a Moshe. Maybe he's not considered physical anymore. But Haman, who's kind of the exact opposite of that, he was bad. Before he was ever born. So we could learn from this. Even though he's very, very bad, it doesn't make him fully physical. He's still got the spiritual aspect to him. His wickedness is is spiritual. It's coming from his And he is surely hinted to in the Torah, which is Sichlis, which is at the level of intellect and above, as it says, Hamin Ha'etz. A person has this elevation, also somebody who's very bad. He could reach divine levels of badness, so to speak. He also existed in the world even before he was physically in the world. And if we hint to Haman min HaTorah, so we said Mordechai and Esther have to be here because they're one. They're like the other opposites of him. I want you to just realize we have to go on because that's not such a satisfying answer unless we're going to go study about opposites. Then it would be satisfying, by the way. But we're not, so we'll go on. And you don't have one without the other. So they must also be in the Torah. We want to have the flip side of the Haman because with the case of Moshe, we learned that a human being, in some cases at least, can be spiritual even though he is physical by bringing in haman we learned that even if someone's very very bad maybe just 
maybe it's just like the extent of his badness matches the extent of the goodness, and that's like the supernatural. But if we say that it's Haman or his flip, then what we would learn is a person has spiritual greatness, whether good or bad, without whichever way you flip it. And that is where it's helpful to use Haman as the case. I think he also is answering why Haman versus other Rishaim. Because, like I said, elsewhere he explores this relationship of Haman and Mordechai and Esther as flips of each other. Okay? So one, if you accept that they are two sides of a coin, then what you would learn from that is you could use him as the case to discover not only about the extent of bad, but also that it's either way. You flip it, there's still that greatness. Even though his location on the GPS is here in the lower physical world, together with all the physical creations, I explained more about that in the Sefer Kuros Hashem, and you can find it explained. And Mordechai, who is hinted to in the mitzvah of taking b'samim, now you have to understand it on a deeper level. Ki Mordechai is the opposite of Haman. Ki Haman kocho ma'adim. Haman's strength is the strength called ma'adim. I think it might be related to Mars. You know, Esav, that redness is related to like Mars and violence. Ma'adim means like reddened. It's the ruddiness. Like Edom. Mm-hmm. But the gematria of ma'adim is also Haman. He sought to destroy everything, to, to kill everything, to wipe everything out. It's like not even normal, right? I added those two quotation lines in there. So you, it's, it's a, the number of Haman equals Madim. Mordechai, everything about him was the opposite of that. It was to save from death. Like he did over here in the case of Purim. That's why Mordechai is hinted to in the besamim of the ketores. Well, not besamim of Abdallah, the, the ingredients for the ketores. Because ketores saves from death and megefa and plague. You have it in the Torah. There's a plague. Moshe tells Aaron, take the besamim and bring it. And he starts running through the camp with the, besam, with the ketores, right? And the angel of death is like kind of being pushed back by the ketores. Okay. Ketorah saves from the angel of death, who is appointed over death. So Mordechai is mentioned in the Ketorah, it is the death stopper. And Mordechai, in his lifetime, stopped the death and destruction in the world. That's why he is indicated in Ketorah. And Haman's the opposite, Hamin Ha'etz. Did you eat from the tree? Because eating from the tree is what brought death into the world. I'm just trying to skip ahead because it's getting very late. Mm-hmm. And okay, and compared to Am, and he's Amalek and the Nachash. Therefore, he's all about death and destruction. Okay, I'm skipping to the beginning of the next paragraph. The Esther Nirmas Belashan Anochi Hastir Astir. Esther is hinted to in I Shall Surely Hide My Face, God says, which is associated with gullus and, and tragedy. The Lama of Shnei Hastaros. Why two hidings? Why Haster and Astir? I shall hide, I shall surely hide. Rak, Ki Hester Rishon, the first hiding. 
The first aspect of the Gullus is we were under someone else's power, and that was King Lo. But there was more than that. We were Tachas Haman. Achashverosh sold us to Haman. That was not visible to the rest of the world. Nobody kind of knew that. But we were actually sold over to, meaning we belonged to Achashverosh. We were under the power of Achashverosh and under the power of Haman. So there's Hastir, Astir. More than, but then he said, there's this strange people, I'll give you money. Achajar said, you can keep the money, here's the ring, do with them as you will. Okay. It says, It's going to be a two-level hiddenness. Since there is a hiddenness within a hiddenness of the Golos, so the redemption has to come. The Redeemer is going to be a person named Esther, whose name is a name of Tznius, of hiddenness. So if you heard Mrs. Zeltzer about Tznius, right? It's the strength that holds everything together, but it's from within. It's the strength that holds everything together, but it's kind of not visible on the outside. That was what was inside of her. Hatznua nistar bilti nigle. Esther is a double hiddenness. Her name isn't Aster Aster. Her name is Esther. But she herself is hidden. Right. It, Mordechai can't see her. Even Mordechai cannot see her. Why? She's been taken away from her entire environment and stuck into a harem. She has to use a messenger to go back and forth to Mordechai. You understand? We have a hidden Nobody Esther. could have made up this bizarre story. No. <laughs> we have a hidden Esther. <laughs> okay? Bizarre. So she herself is a hoster Aster. That's where the redemption will come from in a golos of Haster Aster. And so her prayer could reach the most hidden inner place. Okay. Vesham, and over there, Yesh Haman, where there is a nullification of Haman's ability. Okay, now we're going to come back over here for a minute, and then we'll decide if we want to try and read more. But I, this already is good. I would love to do the rest, but if someone has to go, you could go. Take a look here. Seichel, the world of Seichel. We said Haman reaches into that. He's using his mind, his head. They, they hung him by his head. Mm-hmm. They hung him by his head, okay? I'm not just saying that. Like, that's the psukim, okay? This is, look at level two. What part of the world are we functioning in? The chutz shebifnim, the outside of the inside, mm-hmm. at the level of Shema, okay? Because... The Temple Mount, which was at, down at our level four, that's Chutz the outside of the outside. Then you have the the inner, the the Chatzar, the the Azara, the courtyard. That's inside. There's a wall, but it's uncovered. It's still outside. That's the inside of the outside. You would move indoors from that to the Heichal inside the sanctuary. That's where the Menorah is. That's where the Shulchan is. That's where the Mizbeach Hazahav is. That's the Chutz Shabifnim, the outside of the inside. We don't have time to read it inside. I'll just give you the punchline. That's where Mordechai is. He's Ketoris. Ketoris is on the Mizbeach HaZahav. It's the peak. It's the far end of the Heichal, right adjacent to the Kodesh HaKadoshim, but not inside of it. That's Mordechai. And then there's the Atzilos. There's the Holy of Holies. Kodesh HaKadoshim. The Haster Aster. The hidden most place of all. That's Pnim Shabbat Pnim the inside of the inside. That's Shorna Esrei. Her prayer went straight to the inside because she was completely inside. 
and completely internal. She is Esther of Haster Astir. That's the point of who she is. She is hidden within hidden, a room within a room, and inside of there. So she and Mordechai are a set. Together they're a hechal, and they function together as a unit. He is the Ketores, but she is the Holy of Holies. And it's it. She, she had to approach. She, the description, Vatilbash Esther Malchus, and she comes into the inner sanctuary of the king, right? Shaloka. And, and what happens if you go into the inner sanctuary of the king without permission? Achas Lahamiso. Die. They used to tie ropes around the belt of the Kohanim Gedolim in the second so temple so you could pull them back out because you couldn't go in and get them. And they weren't all so righteous. They were buying the job. Achaslamiso. That's scary. Esther's, Mordechai's telling Esther, you've got to go into the Holy of Holies. <laughs> you got to go in there. You got to go, you got to go. There's no choice. Yeah, it's a choice. Okay, so we'll no, stop there, did, but I say, hope you enjoyed. Didn't he say, you don't have to go? No. But she really had it's no gonna. No, he the, didn't really the, say you don't have to go. Oh. <laughs> Either gonna, they were gonna be killed. Yeah, he. What he said was, don't think you don't have to have a part in it. Yeah, but don't, don't think, think you'll escape. Yeah, he didn't say she didn't have to go, and she never thought she didn't have to go. Mm-hmm. It was whatever. That'll be a different conversation. Maybe next week. I don't know if we want to do some more of this type of so Maharal reform. But isn't that fun though? Also seeing really how fun. it plays out if you understand the I world according to Dalit Olamos. There's a whole world of explanation mm-hmm. of Torah that comes out from that understanding mm-hmm. as well. So, Amazing. thank you. I think if I was in a Gemara share, I would be off topic because it makes you think about, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, that. And that, that is absolutely. Like, you know, so, hyperlink, total hyperlink. Totally. Mm-hmm. Anyway. I once was preparing a, a complicated and important presentation. So I was doing this weeks ahead, and I was using my notebook, and I, it was... And then I had to give cases for the different clay. So I started doing it. I started writing like the main thing in the middle and then having little arrows branching out. And then I started color coding it because it was getting confusing. And my CEO came in and he looks down and he's like, actually, it looks like a page of Gamara. Because <laughs> like there was like the text in the middle and then there was like these different kind of color coded things going on in the sides and the margins. It was the left margin. There was the right margin. And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess We're <laughs> explains that. a lot. Wow. He's also was from, yeah, but like obviously. sort of like, you know, Beautiful. like there's a reason the Gemara is like that. Yes, <laughs> it's actually a very organized way of thinking. Yeah, it trains your brain. Yeah, yeah. but it is an organized way of thinking, not a disorganized. Guys do extremely well in law school because yeah. they have to hold multiple ideas in their mind at the same time and give attention to all of them. This yeah, this is not, by the way, that particular aspect, taking one theme and then breaking it into a bunch following each one single-mindedly coming back to where you were and doing that, that's not a woman's strength. And it doesn't necessarily function in our favor to exercise it. Because if you do, you undermine your natural strength of how you think as a woman. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, because like, it's a real strength to be able to think like a woman. It's a strength. It's not, you know, when you're dealing with kids who have a learning issue, so you always have the question, how much are you trying to strengthen what's weak? And how much do you want to take where their strength is and build off that? And at what point will they actually be able to handle what you're trying to give them over because you have to strengthen different areas in order for them to... So the more you try and strengthen that which is weak, on the one hand, that could be a big favor. And on the other hand, that could be a very not big favor. Right. Because you end up not strengthening where they're strong. 
and you get a frustrated kid who feels like a failure because yeah. no matter how much you strengthen it, they're not really amazing in that area compared to what they could have been. You didn't bring out what they are good at. Mm-hmm. It's a difficult, it's, it's, it's a dilemma. Bad. I'm not saying you Very shouldn't do it because, like, mm-hmm. you know, you do want the kid to be able to read. It will help them in the long run. Right. You know, so just giving them everything by, you know, audio tape, like, Maybe you did, or maybe you didn't do them a favor, but there's some point at which you do have to start building on strength Mm -hmm. to get where you need to be. All right. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Beautiful.